G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And it's my privilege to welcome onto the airwaves my good buddy Lyle Shelton. How are you, mate? Morning, Matt. Uh, Privilege to be with you. It's great to have you along. And yesterday we had your boss, Mark Robinson, with us, uh, who's a state member in Queensland. And uh, I asked him, have you been, has, has Lyle been behaving himself? He said, yes, he has. So is this true? Well, that, that was certainly the right answer, but uh, you know, I won't confirm or deny anything. Uh, he did say to work for Mark. He's a good fellow. He did oh. say he's loving working with you, and he is uh, very appreciative of your expertise. Uh, when we look at your previous role with the Australian Christian Lobby and the marriage campaign, you've been through, uh, you know, lots of media training. You've had lots of uh, opportunities to talk on Sky News, on ABC, on many different media panels over the years, uh, which is why we love having you here on Vision. And of course, the big the big topic we we're still talking about in this nation is what what are the consequences uh, after the marriage debate in the last couple of years, mate? What are your thoughts on the, on the latest issues we're dealing with here? It's something that I think about a lot, Matt. Um, obviously, it was a real um, intense period for many years uh, during that campaign, but it's been two years as of next week. Uh, the fifteenth of November actually is the second anniversary of the. Uh, results being handed down of the marriage uh, uh, law postal plebiscite. Remember, everyone voted in this postal plebiscite that mm-hmm. came through the Australian Bureau of Statistics, and they handed down the result. And of course, we lost. And uh, you know, many people rallied to the cause, including and especially Vision listeners. And uh, your station was very proactive, which uh, I'm forever grateful for. But I think two years down the track, it's worth just taking stock of um, some of the consequences that are flowing through. And these were things which were totally predictable things that we said would happen uh, are happening now and um, we were told that no there's no consequences it's all about love Um, you're putting forward red herrings and furfies but um, there's a whole litany of things that uh, people are now dealing with um, as as a result two years down the track and you know i i think of uh you know that in, in the heat of that debate back then you know, I remember you getting attacked so much. You were called a bigot, a homophobe. People, you know, uh, you, you really uh, copped a lot uh, in, in that uh, season. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you handle it as a, as a Christian leader when you're in the spotlight like that. Um, I think God gives you a, a real grace for those sort of situations. And I certainly felt that. And I certainly felt very encouraged by uh, people who had come up to me Everywhere, wherever I was traveling around the nation, people would come up and say, we're praying for you, little old ladies, um, <laughs> you know, young people, old people. It was just fantastic. So that's how you cope with that. I, I didn't mind so much the, our opponents in the debate. Um, you know, you expect some of them, particularly the, the hardcore activists, to, to throw mud. That didn't worry me so much. Um, you know, you just say, you know, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Um, I mean, you don't like the anger and that sort of thing, but you expect people who... Sadly, you know, motivated by animus and, and hatred, dare I say, even though they accused us of hatred, um, to say outlandish things about us. But um, look, I, I, I to this day bear no animus against those people, but I, I do want to hold them uh, accountable for the things that they said 
uh, and the promises they made to the Australian people about there being no consequences because right now um, we have a freedom of speech, a freedom of religious crisis. Uh, we've just had um, another announcement by um, the state government here in Queensland that uh, every child in um, state high schools is going to be taught that their gender is fluid. That that announcement was made um, just uh, a few weeks ago by um, Di Farmer, the so-called child safety minister here in Queensland. I don't think it's safe to teach children that their gender is fluid, that they could be born in the wrong body. So these are all consequences that we said would happen. We, we predicted all this during the campaign. We were told we were homophobes, we were bigots, we were liars, that it was just about the love of two people. And of course, two years down the track, it's proven to be everything but that. Mm. It's certainly uh, frightening when you think about what's being taught in our schools. And I know I've spoken to Wendy Francis in the past about this and and Martin Isles from the Christian Lobby as well. Uh, do, do we know which schools currently teach safe schools or is that still a secret? It's still very much secretive, but um, the announcement that Di Farmer made just the other day was, was very telling um, because they keep disguising safe schools and repackaging it, rebranding it. And um, I, I you know, happen to be just listening to um, parliamentary question time as part of my work with, uh, with Mark. I'm with Mark two days a week. I wish I could do more. But, um, uh, and I heard Di Farmer say in Parliament that respectful relationships is going to be compulsory in all Queensland state high schools. Mm. Now, straight away, I knew because of our work at ACL over the years that respectful relationships was just a rebranding of, of safe schools. Wow. And so I, I did some Googling and, and found the respectful relationships material. And, and there's, you know, it's, it's there. Anyone can find it. Um, there's a quiz um, uh, that, that says to kids, um, you know, is it true or false or, or myth or myth or true, you know, that um, children are born either male or female. And of course, that's a leading question designed to elicit the response that it's a myth that people are, are born male or female. So this is this is part of the new uh, compulsory gender-fluid education that um, has been announced by the Queensland Child Safety Minister uh, literally about three weeks ago. So this stuff just rolls on and on um, through the system, uh, as we said it would uh, during the marriage campaign two years ago. It's just fascinating, and uh, I was also watching, uh, you know, on a related topic, I was watching 60 Minutes on Sunday night uh, where they were interviewing a guy who was defending pedophiles in America, and he was saying that, you know, the research has actually proven that these men are born this way, and this is a natural condition, and they just need to monitor it. They just need to um, learn to handle it, and so, I mean, where's this going to end, Lyle? You know, this, this well, is... well, this is the problem, Matt, and, and this is you know, what um, so many of us, um, you know, and the team at ACL and so many great organisations who, who fought this, sadly not enough of us, um, we could see, we knew where the rainbow political movement wants to take um, our nation culturally, and it is in these directions. I mean, we've now got this, you know, drag queen story time, uh, which is being promoted to have... Um, men sexualized, men dressed up as women um, in, a, in a very sexualized uh, way, sexualizing little children by by reading stories to them in libraries. Um, you know, you know, you, you talk about. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't want to you know speculate too much, but I think listeners can can see you know what's being done here. This is this is the sexualizing and even grooming of, of children by an LGBT movement that that doesn't care that that's only value is sexual expressionism. And it's got a big leave pass, particularly now that it achieved a major cultural milestone in degendering marriage. So it, it wants to degender children's gender. 
and then um, then uh, you know put sexual concepts in front of them uh, while they're children. And I think this is very very concerning. Uh, the Labor Party Senator Louise Pratt says that uh, gender, uh, sorry, um, drag queen story time is a wonderful idea. End quote. Um, now, now this is the Australian Labor Party, so uh, we're in big trouble culturally as a nation. And um, you know, a big part of the slide it's been going on for decades, but we lost something very precious when we crossed that threshold, thinking love was love, um, but but not realising that it was a Trojan horse for so much more. Is there any chance it'll ever be repealed? I think there's a, look, nothing in politics is ever um, certain um, or is ever forever, uh, and, and that's the beauty of our democratic system. Um, we, we have a system where if um, the public can be persuaded of the merits of change, change can be achieved. But, but of course, you and I know that um, we're up against very strong cultural forces. We're up against a media which protects the lies that, that um, makes it difficult for the truth to get out. I mean, I mean, I'm convinced if Australians knew the truth about what's behind this agenda, they would not have voted for the postal plebiscite. People didn't vote uh, to have their kids sexualised, to have them taught their gender was fluid. Um, to shut down free speech and freedom of religion, all of these precious human rights which are very much in danger and under threat as a result of this massive cultural change. So I think if we can, um, if we, you know, we should never give up. We should continue to advocate for the truth. And, um, you know, I believe in time we can see it, it change because I think there will be a big light bulb moment culturally and people will realise, hang on, we've been told lies here and um, there'll be the ability to, to bring about change again through our, our parliaments. But um, I, I worry that that's probably, you know, perhaps decades away. Mm. Um, I don't, but, um, so that's a long answer to your question. Yes, it can be changed, but it's going to require a lot of work and vigilance, and none of us should ever give up. None of us should ever give up on the truth. While ever we have a democracy, while ever we can vote for good people in parliaments, we should make sure we put those good people there and, and keep, um, keep pressing for the truth. Um, because the system is designed to allow corrections when mistakes have been made. Lyle, I also do wonder whether, you know, the church needs to speak up more. Uh, you know, I, I know that there are certain denominations and, and movements in Australia that have embraced same-sex marriage, and I don't, I don't want to trash them. I don't want to speak out against them. You know, that's their choice, and they have their freedom to choose that, you know. But, you know, a large majority of the church is very conservative on this and and you know, stands on on God's word in this very clearly, right? So I, I read an article just this week uh, about American pastors in particular, and it said that only I'm pretty sure this is this is the, the right stat. Only 10 percent of U.S. pastors will ever speak up uh, about marriage, abortion, euthanasia, all these political hot potatoes that that we like to discuss here on Vision. And uh, and the article actually said, look at Kanye West. Here he is speaking up about all these issues, and he's only just newly born again. Um, what a what a, a lesson that uh, pastors need to learn about actually speaking up about God in the public sphere. Um, so I, I, I don't want to divert too much here, Lyle, but do you think the church needs to speak up a bit more? Like, the, the, if, if we all really got together, we could really make an impact on this nation, couldn't we? Yeah, look, obviously I think the church needs to speak more... Um, Look, I love the church. I'm part of the church. Um, I'm there every Sunday with my family and always have been and always will be. Uh, but we do, as um, as the body of Christ in this nation, need to find our voice. Um, we need to find uh, greater courage and we need to keep grappling with um, the vocabulary and how we can say things in a, in a gracious way. Yeah. 
without compromising the truth. Now, I, I think it is wrong that the Uniting Church, um, and I will name them, yep. you know, have, have gone all out supporting um, same-sex marriage. I think that's um, that's apostasy, mm-hmm. and it should be called out for that. Um, and, uh, and you know, there, there's others around the edges of the Anglican uh, Church, not the Sydney Anglicans, of course. They're fantastic, uh, who are also very soft on this. Um, but I, I think we've got to redouble our efforts to stand for the truth and to be bold and courageous because the alternative is uh, we're, we're just being pushed into a corner. Um, now, you know, if, if persecution comes, we should we should accept that um, graciously, um, standing firm in the truth. Um, but uh, while ever we have a voice, uh, we should use that voice for the truth and, um, and be willing to bear the slings and arrows uh, that come with that. Because I think, you know, we will find that the truth resonates in the hearts of, of human beings. And if, if it's spoken and if people have the chance to hear it, we might be surprised that there's actually more with us than what we think. And um, our silence is actually um, stopping people from actually knowing the truth. So I think we do a disservice not just to our own people, but also to the wider community where we're called to be salt and light if we don't speak up about the truth. Because inevitably, all of these policies we're talking about do bring about uh, harm. Uh, they don't help with human flourishing. Um, and so, you know, our job is to, to be those who, who bring light and truth and flourishing to society, and we can't do that if we're fearful and, and um, lacking courage. So we're certainly fired up about this, this topic, uh, Lyle, and I know many people are thinking, what could I do? What could one person do? Um, what's your advice to anyone listening right now about how they can, you know, stand up and speak out for these, these issues? I think we've all got to use the voice that God's given. I think the first thing, we we all need to be really praying for our nation, absolutely. Um starts with prayer, it's a spiritual battle. But then, um, you know, we, we also have been given tools um, of democracy, and perhaps we've talked about these things before. I, I mean, I, I like to think about historical um, uh, analogies that, that are similar to today. Um, you, you know, the, the um, American revolutionaries, they were being oppressed by the British, and it was unjust. And... Uh, you know, a guy called Paul Revere uh, rode through the night yelling, the British are coming, the British are coming, and, and woke people up out of their beds and they picked up arms and they went and fought. Now, you know, I'm not advocating a shooting war, of course, but um, I think we need people to, to wake up and to start to get involved. Um, and, and I think that does mean engaging the tools of democracy, uh, which means joining a political party, which means being an influence. Not, not everyone's going to get up and speak in a political forum or at a party event, but everyone can be a member and everyone can use that influence uh, to make sure the right people get pre-selected to go into parliament. Very small groups of people decide who actually ends up in parliament, or who, who actually stands for election. Now, all of us, by joining a political party, can influence that process. Um, and so I, I think that's something that everyone should do as an engaged citizen um, to be part of the political process. So pray, be part of the process, um, study the issues, be aware of them, and uh, talk to our friends and family and our, our churches and keep spreading the word and, and not pretend that everything's okay because it, it's not okay. Mm. I, and I still remember, Lyle, when I was a young pastor all those years back. I'm an old pastor now, but when I was a young pastor, um, I didn't want to touch any of these topics with a 10-foot pole because I was worried I'd offend people or people would lose my, leave my church or, you know, and, you know, when, when you're young and, and you, and you're green, you, you, not politically green, when, when you're new, <laughs> you're, you're concerned about that stuff. And then I remember, uh, joining up with the National Day of Prayer and Fasting and meeting you, meeting mm. Warwick Marsh, meeting all these, you know, Bill Muhlenberg, all these amazing uh, men and women of God, Wendy Francis, you know, and, and seeing your passion to stand up for righteousness. Uh, you know, Billy Graham 
said this, when one man stands up, the spines of others are stiffened. And it inspired yeah. me back then to go, yep, I need to stand up. And so I've, I've preached on it in my church. I've talked about these issues in my church, and not everyone's been happy with it, you know. Um, but I actually do believe that uh, in our churches, uh, on, our, uh, on our social media, on, you know, wherever we get the chance, we should be speaking up uh, because we are, as Scott Morrison calls us, the quiet Australians. But maybe we shouldn't be so quiet, hey? No, we shouldn't be quiet. And look, some people might say, well, you know, people like myself and, and you know, even you, Matt, and, and those of us who do make a noise about these things, we're just being negative all the time. And, and yes, there's an element of that, but I think we have to be realistic. You know, there's, there's a story in the Bible about uh, the Levite who had a concubine who was, you know, terribly raped and brutalized by the, the men of the town. And, and um, so he cut her up and sent her in pieces throughout Israel. And that was a shocking thing to do. But because he did that shocking act, uh, because this woman had been so brutalized and raped and murdered, um, it galvanized the whole nation to come and, um, and, and wake up and, and, and fight a common enemy. And um, I think, you know, we're in a stage where um, some of us have to keep shocking people by the things we say, the things we post on social media. I mean, there was something I posted on the weekend about, you know, a drag queen in the US who did a mock performance of, of, of an abortion live on stage, complete with fake blood and pulling a fetus out of this drag queen's stomach. Now, you think about this as the hypersexualized LGBT thing intersecting with the issue of killing unborn babies and celebrating this um, on, on a video on social media. It was a shocking, shocking thing. But we have to be aware that these things are being normalized in the culture by those who travel under this rainbow flag, which you know is waved around in our society all the time, and it's not our friend. Mm. And um, I think we've got to shock each other uh, until we, we galvanise, um, you know, godly uh, resistance to, to what's going on. Mm. Mm. Well, mate, I really appreciate your um, solid voice and your calm, collected voice. You know, I've, I've seen you uh, on, you know, Sky News, ABC, all sorts of different programs over the years, speaking up and standing out. And uh, I really want to honour you for speaking up on this topic and, uh, of course, uh, you've got a, a bit of a website and a blog people can find out if they want to connect with you. Is that right? Yeah, I do some periodic uh, blogging. Um, yeah, lyleshelton.com.au if anyone wants to follow along there. And Yeah, appreciate the chance to give that a plug. Thanks, Matt. Awesome, mate. And uh, I love it whenever I interview you because um, I, we, we put it on the podcast and then you retweet it on your Twitter, and I get like you know twenty retweets on Twitter. I get all these new Twitter followers. Uh, you probably get a lot of haters as well. <laughs> oh, just a few. <laughs> no, you're very active in your social media too, and it's great to see you shining a light. Uh, Lyle, thanks so much for your time, mate. God bless. Thanks, Matt. God bless you too. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.